0: Over the last um, couple of weeks, uh, three or four weeks now, we've been navigating a message uh, series uh, titled Redeemed. It's really looking at biblical tools on how to strengthen and take care of our soul. And tonight I, I, I want to uh, and, and navigate the third of those tools. Uh, and next week it's revived; it's, It falls in perfectly. But I'm going to navigate uh, the third one. Have you ever met twins? And not really known which of the twins you're talking to. Oh, we've got some twins here. We've got a few twins. We've got like three or four twins uh, here at church, and and I think in kids' church that they were telling me there are six or seven twin. Siblings, so there is a spirit of twins at the moment. So, if you're married and you're keen to have kids, maybe next Sunday night we can just lay hands on you and transfer the twinning. No, not receiving that, right? Um. But sometimes you talk to one person, talk to the other, and you've got to just get your, once you get to know people, of course, it's very obvious, very different people. As you get to know them, their personality shines through their appearance. But one of the challenges we face, and I'm often amazed even in my own life and in talking to people who go through the same thing, that we think we've moved on from one circumstance only to land up In a twin, exactly the same situation. We think we've walked away from an abusive relationship only to find its twin, another abusive relationship. We think we've stepped away from something that was harmful to our hearts and then find ourselves right back there again. So the question is, why do we keep choosing things that we should walk away from? And there is something biblical about that that I think we need to explore because Unfortunately, unless the Holy Spirit moves into our hearts and reshapes the way we see the world, we're likely to repeat the same choices. I've told the story before, but you uh, possibly was in a morning service some time ago. You might not have been around then. Some years ago, I had uh, done some construction work at my home and I tripped and fell and took off a decent amount of skin from the knee. I had the rest of the day to get going and it was okay. Uh, It wasn't too painful. By the evening, it was a little bit more painful and I kind of navigated around it a bit. And three or four days later, it was sore. So I took a photo, messaged it to a paramedic and said, what do I do? And they sent back another photo. They said, you have to get a new Pot scourer, some salt, and distilled water. You put the pure water, you add a bit of salt. You put that scourer in there, and you go onto that knee, and you just scrape that skin off. Until you get to, it's got to just maybe bleed just a little. You just got to scrape it off. How many of you are enjoying this? You know, like you came here for a lovely evening and you just go to scrap it off. And when you're done with it, just a little bit of salt water. And I said, you're going to cry a little. And you know, that really was a lie because little, you could have just ended with, you're going to cry. But I had waited a few weeks. And by now, if I have to be honest, it was a bit pussy. And when I was where. Wear- <laughs> When I was wearing jeans, I'd take the jeans off at night and sort of the wound would be stuck to the jeans. And I feel like showing you right now. And, and the wound had been quite extensive. and I mean, it was such a pathetic little childish little thing. But I didn't kind of handle it immediately. Now I had to handle it another way. And do you know, I can't help wondering if that sometimes isn't a picture of the way we handle some of our history. That instead of just dealing with it. We let it fester. We take too long with it. We keep letting it stick to things in our lives. That wound sticks to our relationships. It sticks to our finances. It sticks to our soul. It sticks to our attitude. It even sticks to our worship. And I can't help wondering whether the salt of the truth of the gospel and the purity of the water of the washing of the word isn't needed. And I can't help wondering whether sometimes it's better to take the immediate pain of removing than to try to manage the ongoing pain of keeping. And you know, tonight I want to talk to you about how important it is to know to let the Father swiftly remove some things because they'll improve you immediately. Anyone who's had a little splinter somewhere will know what I'm talking about. The quicker you can get a splinter of wood out of your system, the better. And sometimes... We just need the Holy Spirit's empowering and healing to pop something out of our soul that is causing discomfort or dis-ease or disconnection. And that's exactly the nature of our conversation tonight. How do we let God remove something in us that seems to be stuck there or to remove us from a situation we just can't seem to get away from? Tonight, I want to encourage you to recognize that one of the most powerful things you can do for your soul is to learn when to cut things out. You know how often we block sooner than we cut. We can remove things on social media, but do you know how to remove them from your heart? And there's something really powerful about recognizing that. So our scripture has been Galatians chapter 3 all along. And it says this, I'll just take verse 14. It says, he, he became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared. And we can see uh, that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too. We are all able uh, to receive God's life, His Spirit in and with us by believing just as in, in the same way Abraham received it. And sometimes it's not possible for us to receive something until we've released something. And some of us have dead things occupying space that God wants to put new living things in. They're dead, they're gone. It's not something you should feel bad about. I felt in my own heart, you know, one of the things I struggled with or had to recognize, get the Holy Spirit to help with is that, you know, church life from 2019 is gone. There's a new kind of church life now in 2022. There are some new people and some new circumstances and some new possibilities. I had to go from wondering where it went to being excited about where it's going. And maybe you need to move your life from wondering what happened to starting to admire and be excited about wondering what's going to happen next. We can't always analyse and evaluate what happened. Sometimes we just have to put a period on it and say, well, that's interesting, and then step into what's divinely appointed or inspired by God for the future. Too many of us live our lives driving forward, but looking backward. Jesus said, if any man wants to be his disciple, he should put both hands to the plough and never look back. And you've got to do that sometimes. Now, I don't want you to say to anyone like your your boyfriend or girlfriend, hey, I've had enough of looking back. You're out. I I don't want you to do that. I want you to recognize that before you make an utterance, you first have to make a commitment in the heart. Too many people make an utterance, then Tuesday you're lonely, and then you're sending that WhatsApp, hey, hey. (laughs) And now your heart isn't big enough to, uh, uh, to live out what your mouth said. Here's an interesting thing I discovered in preparing for this. Um, and, and by the way, our, our team can put up the, uh, the, the little steps we've taken so far on our soul. We started it redeemed and, and restored and, and, and tonight removed and the, just for time's sake and, and then revived. But I, I, I learned something really interesting in pre- preparation, reading some stuff. You know the, the Bible says, he who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And here's an interesting idea. That if sometimes uh, a person's hearing isn't good, uh, especially from a child, if your hearing isn't good, it impacts the way you talk. Because you can't evaluate how to speak since you're not sure how you're hearing. Think about that spiritually, how many people's speaking is out of sync with spiritual maturity because their hearing isn't good. And because we can't hear heaven, we can't speak heavenly words. And if all your hearing is hurt, all your speaking is injury. And what we need is to hear the Spirit of the Lord and let Him redefine how we speak and how we act one of the most challenging things to do is to have anything edited in your life, whether it's an essay or, you know, if you've become, um, if you've ever been caught by mistake sending a WhatsApp to the wrong person or with the wrong wording, then by now you have learned to first type the WhatsApp. If it's very important, type the WhatsApp in Notepad. Edit it, then send it. A few years ago, many years ago, five years ago, I was a student. I know there's a mathematical problem there, but I'm counting on your maths not being very good. Um, I was thinking angry thoughts about somebody. And I was typing a text to a friend about how angry I was about this other person and their actions. But in my absent-mindedness of thinking about that person, I loaded their number in the send and I sent to the person I was angry a text about the person I was angry with. They replied and said, is this meant for me? Comma, bro. Now when people do that, That's a clear indication that we're in the offense phase of our relationship now. Now things, you know, there is a a real value in editing. Perhaps uh, we need to ask the Lord to allow the Spirit of God to prune or edit, to delete, to improve, to change some of the wording of our hearts so that we don't stumble from one offensive environment to the next offensive environment, but that we can from healing produce healing and attract healing rather than always being surrounded by toxicity and injury and complexity. Let God edit your soul tonight. Can you say amen to that? Let Him edit it. Not everything you think is helpful, and not everything somebody has said to you is true, and not everything that you've experienced is a reasonable evaluation of life. You have to take it before God and say, will you please separate the the wheat from the chaff? What's worth keeping and what's worth Burning. And there's a lot in scripture about that. And we'll look forward to a couple of those verses on what that looks like. If you're watching online, everybody, it's starting to rain and we can hear it on the roof. And we've had like seven years of drought in Mandela Bay. So being in church and hearing the rain is the most wonderful, wonderful thing. Can you say amen? Yeah. Also, because we've got like literally hundreds of students who perhaps haven't been in this building during a rain. It does from time to time, it baptises you. Here and there, there's going to be a well of baptism, a fountain, a waterfall rather, of baptism. So you can just queue up afterwards and Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 from the NIV, NIV says, "'At that time his voice shook the earth, "'but now he promised once more I will shake "'not only the earth but also the heavens.' And that word once more indicates the removing of what can be shaken that is created things so that what cannot be shaken remains. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Um, and in fact, the next verse is for our God is an all-consuming fire. I wanted to start out on the removing thing by an encouragement to tell you that no matter what happens in your life, that you what that which you have received from heaven cannot be taken away from you. The kingdom of God is unshaken. What this verse is saying is if you shake everything in the whole world, the one guarantee we have is that our faith will stand any shaking. I wanna encourage you that nothing you do and nothing somebody else does to you, and no action you take, either deliberate or accidental, is going to destroy the power of the faith and life and love that God has for you. It is unshakable. You should start there. You should always start there because I know that there'll come a time in your life when you might think, Lord, everything has been shaken in my life. And I want to encourage you never to say that. You can say almost everything has been shaken. And you can say every earthly thing has been shaken. But you must always say, my foundation was not shaken, but everything else was shaken. Because faith is indestructible. Can you say amen? You've got to remember that. You've got to remember that when you go through life, not to think that everything in your life is broken. No. No. Lots of things can break, but not your faith. Your faith stands. You might not feel it, but faith doesn't rely on feelings. Faith relies on the actions of Jesus Christ on a cross. That's what faith relies on. uh, Matthew chapter 18 is one of the most radical scriptures in the Bible. This is how passionate God is about editing. It says, if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble... Cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and then be thrown into eternal fire. This is one of those really challenging verses in the Bible. But here's what it's saying. And I think it's really important that we recognize it. It's better not to have something that's bad for you than to have it and keep trying to fix it. It's better not to. Now I always make jokes about the fact that I feel called to be single. I feel like it's a spiritual gift. And you don't have to receive the same gift. You're even welcome to reject this gift if you want. But in my life, I feel called to it. And every now and then people will always feel sorry for me or pray a prayer or make a joke or even suggest their daughters or uh, their friends to me. But I've learned over the years to make a little comeback statement. I always tell people that there is one thing worse than being single, and that is wishing you were. I know it takes a moment, you're there now, but then you can't laugh too loud if you're with someone. Because if you're with someone, they're going to, on the way to the car, ask, oh, so you wish you were single? (laughs) The rest of this evening doesn't go well if you laugh too loud. But there is something worse than being single, and that's being in a relationship you don't want to be in. That's being in a marriage that isn't working. That's stepping into an arena that doesn't give you life, but just gives you drainage and death. This verse is saying, wouldn't it be better if you stayed single, then got into a relationship and became broken? That's what it's saying. It's saying, rather cut some things out and wait for the appointed time than to try and force things too soon. I really want to encourage you to be aware that God doesn't have to and probably never will work on your timeline. He works on His own and it's much better that way. Edit some things. The greatest thing you and I need to edit is our own false expectations by surrendering our will to God's will. The greatest editing statement in Scripture is, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Right there, it's like a knife that cuts through and edits everything in our hearts. I want to encourage you about A couple of ways the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit edits our hearts. The removal of things that are in the way. The first is to help us improve our spirituality. Do you know every now and then things get into our lives that are not spiritual and they are sometimes even destructive to our spiritual lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 has an example about that. It says this, whenever though Uh, they turned to face God as Moses did. God removed the veil that that they had, a veil so that they could now see face to face. They suddenly recognised that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is uh, recognized as obsolete. We're free of it all, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Uh, Our face is shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually become brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. You know, uh, this verse, uh, wonderful. It, It says, we all have a veil, some kind of a filter. You know the Instagram filters you use? You know, you've got your favourites, eh? Any VSCO users of that app, you've got your favourites, filters. Uh, I was watching some selfies. I even bombed, bombed some of the selfies uh, tonight. So if, you, if, if I did and you posted, please tag me. Uh, uh, I, that would be wonderful. Uh, and we, we've all got, so we, we've all got a certain, maybe an angle, because we look our best from that angle. We've got a better side. Is that true? got a better side. We've got a favourite filter. There's that one filter that removes the wrinkles even of the paving. Like, even, even the paving's got no lines. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Then you've got that pinching tool. Now nah, you've got to be very careful because you can get a waste, but then the brick's... They are also following. Why is that door curved? You must also remember to edit the mirror if you're going to edit. The both must. No, we have these filters, right? What this verse is saying, it was first an idea in the Bible, is that we see the world through the filter of the law of the filter of our sins, the filter of our experiences. And because of that, the light of life can't come through as brightly as it should. And the brightness of what God has done in our hearts can't shine through into our world because we've got some kind of a, a net, a, a filter, a veil, and everything goes through it. So let's make it practical. You're angry. Now everything comes through the filter of anger. When somebody tries to love you, anger stops it. When you try to be kind, anger filters it. You're hurt, so you play the role of a victim. And every time God gives you an opportunity, you say, well, it's probably going to end badly anyway. And so the opportunity comes, but the filter steals the opportunity and keeps it away. God, on the other hand, is trying to speak to you light and life, beauty getting better and better. You can't receive it because some filter is in the way. Those filters could be a number of things insecurity and inferiority, words of criticism and judgment that you still hear ringing in your ears. These are filters. Judgments on your life because you committed some kind of a sin or stepped in some kind of an incorrect way and you don't know how to let it go. Uh, An an incorrect action or an incorrect decision committed by you or done to you and you don't know how to break it. And I want to encourage you tonight, let's take the filters away so you can see the brightness of Christ and the world can see the brightness of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can you say amen to that? Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have to improve your spirituality, not by trying to be uh, deeper, but by trying to remove every hindrance that so easily besets us. Hebrews talks about the weight that so easily besets us and pulls us down. Tonight, you might have a filter that limits your spirituality in that way, and Christ is able to remove it. Secondly, God edits our lives so that He can improve our dependency on Him. We get dependent on a lot of things as we we put our trust in human effort. And when we do that, God has to edit it. I have to remember at all times that it is the hand of the Lord that blesses. And even if I feel like I'm quite capable, I must never forget that it is to God that all the glory must go. And I ask the Lord to edit anything in my life that becomes an idol, that takes a place of prominence above the Lord. Edit it, cut it out, remove it, or set it aside. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the uh, words it like this from verse 7. Uh, because of the extravagance of these revelations this person had, uh, so it wouldn't get a big head. He says, I was given the, the gift of a handicap." to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel, a messenger of Satan, did his best to get me down. And when he in fact uh, uh, did was push me on my knees. What he in fact did was push me on my knees. No danger then of walking around all high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. You know, one of the things about when God tries to get you to remove something in your life, it may take a bit of time. And you might think, Lord, why haven't you taken this hurt away? Well, this scripture gives us the answer. Why haven't you taken this temptation away? Why haven't you given... The the scripture says, it's to remind us not to get high and mighty and to remember to get on our knees every now and then. I want to encourage you that one of the most powerful things you can do in your life for an edit of the soul is get on your knees. Just humble yourself and say, Lord, I need you. And when you do that, the Spirit of God comes in and trims things in your life. And you won't know when it's happened, but you will know the fruit of what God has done. I didn't get everything I prayed for, and I'm so glad because I prayed some rubbish prayers can you well you might not be old enough to say amen some of you are not sure you want to say amen to that i prayed some rubbish prayers i'm so glad that the lord listened and said next I'm so glad because I prayed some rubbish prayers. I got on my knees and I prayed stuff I shouldn't pray. And the Lord loved me and edited me. The Lord loved me and corrected me. The Lord loved me and pruned me. The Lord loved me and took the veil away. The Lord loved me and taught me to be dependent. And when I thought I had high and mighty plans, He reminded me, the Lord is great and mighty above all else. Keep your dependency on him. Otherwise the soul it gets a little out of shape. And then finally, to help you improve your visibility. Do you know um, I recently had a good spiritual conversation with a friend. They had broken up with a very toxic from a very toxic relationship. But they were excited to tell me that they were in a new relationship. And they were going to introduce her to me. And I was very happy. I thought, they've come out of a terrible relationship. There's been enough time, so it's not a rebound relationship. I thought, this is going to be good. And then I met her. And for a brief moment, I thought, is she the same girl? I mean, slightly darker hair, slightly different accent but the same snappy, rude, domineering attitude. <gasps> I thought, what am I, I going to say? He just found another copy. And now the whole situation's on repeat. I thought, I, can't, I just can't deal with it. So I waited for them to leave and I thought about it and I prayed about it and five minutes went by. I can't help myself when I'm in that situation. I messaged them, I said, bro, comma. And I'm not even joking. They replied, I know, I know, I know. But... And then they made that statement that sends every preacher into the prayer room. The heart wants (laughs) what the heart wants. Well, newsflash, your heart can be wrong. Very wrong. You have to tell your heart to listen to the Spirit get over itself and stop dragging you through the same abusive nonsense year in and year out. Pay attention, heart. We will listen to the voice of the Lord. That's what we're going to do. Do you know how many things the Lord sent me through that my heart didn't want, but it proved to be exactly what my soul needed? Do you know, we teach our hearts, and we should let the Lord teach us. Luke chapter 6. Oh, they broke up, by the way. I'm so happy. I'm very good at that. If any of you would like tech support after the service. I'm joking. No, no if your relationship is good, I'm going to bless you. We're going to marry you. We get, we We gave out twins to married couples earlier. So it's not all bad, but if it's bad... It's bad. And sometimes I just want to give people advice, but like Steve Harvey style. You know, just... Luke chapter 6, verse 42 says, How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. Hypocrites, first take the plank out of your eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. You know, we just can't see it unless the Spirit reveals it. We can't see it. The disciples couldn't see that the Samaritans were a great harvest and the thief on the cross next to Jesus couldn't see that he was the Messiah. And the lepers who got healed couldn't see that their miracle was from God. And you know, there's nothing as disappointing as men who have eyes but can't see. And I want to encourage you to let the Lord open your eyes. In fact, God's so committed to that, that in the book of Ephesians, there's a whole prayer about it. I pray that the God from whom uh, heaven and earth is named will open the eyes of your understanding that you might know what is the hope of his calling, the depth and the width and the length and the height and the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul actually writes a prayer in Ephesians and says, my prayers, your eyes will open. Your veil or filter will be taken away and you'll see things properly and your heart will be edited. And then this beautiful, boundless life will come forth. I would love for a moment to pray for you and ask the Lord to teach you to see the beauty in things and to teach you to let go of broken things and to ask the lord to put a bit of salt in pure water and you know to be honest if he's going to scrape something off please just say yes you'll feel better in the morning and more importantly you won't carry around in you an injury because the one part i didn't tell you about my sore knee is I started walking different to accommodate it. Camera, can you just stick with me for a minute? Because, you know, the jeans were sticking to it, so I thought, well, you don't want to... You know? Because it's sore now, so I then Now you laugh at me, but I've seen some of you walking into your next relationship... coming. Now you've got to find someone who's got to nurse you. Oh, walking into your next relationship. Walking into church. Oh, broken. Fix this. Walk upright. Run and not grow weary. Walk and never faint. Rise up on wings as eagles. Renew your strength. That's our God. That's our God. Would you please stand with me as we pray? I want to encourage you, invite you. If this touched you in a place in your heart where you feel like it's almost personal, come on up after the service and somebody on team will pray with you. Don't don't leave feeling like you've got unfinished business. But let's pray that the Holy Spirit will edit our hearts and remove things that are limiting our ability to shine. So Holy Spirit, we're inviting you. We're saying yes to your coming and and removing the log from our eye, the splinter from our eye. We're inviting you to cut off the thing that that cripples us and 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 leads us into temptation. We're inviting you to edit the content of our hearts and to prune our soul. And Lord, we surrender to that. We say yes. Would you please remove the filters and the veils, the injuries, the uncertainties, the confusion, or the unmet expectation. And will you please teach us in every season we're in to be joyful, to be able to say the light of the goodness of God basks over me. And not only that, I'm growing in the beauty of the Lord and in the brightness of the Lord. I am receiving light and I'm shining light because nothing is stealing my light. Holy Spirit, will you please heal our hearts? Will you please fuel us so that we're full of faith? And will you please remind us that if everything else gets shaken, the kingdom of God, faith cannot be shaken and stands the test of time. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise, worship and adoration?